Hello, dear listener. Uh, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About It. We took a little break for, you know, mental health and other life things. Uh, and now we're back and better than ever. Uh, I am joined tonight by dear friends of the show. You know them. You love them. We have Joe. Joe, introduce yourself. Oh, uh, yes. Hello. My guy, this is, uh, I'm not used to this setup. All right. <laughs> uh, my name is Joe Arianis. Uh, I hop on Novi's live streams for almost a year now. Wow. Um, and yeah, uh, content creator that's a new title what um and i like playing games and i'm an artist by day and uber nerd by night oh let's be honest you're an uber nerd at all times of the day 24 <laughs> 7. well i'm not able to like really hone in on the nerd stuff during the daytime anymore that's i fair. gotta save the babies it's daytime save the babies and kim Kim, welcome back. Let everybody know who you are for those who missed our mythology episode. And if you missed that episode, go back and listen to it. It's lots of fun. Yeah, I really do. Um, I'm Kimberly Grant Thompson. I am the head writer over at Novi and some kind of content creator of different things. Um, Good stuff coming very, very soon. Um, you will catch me over on their different streams, hopefully more in the future. Yes, you've been a busy, busy bee uh, lately. Yeah. And that and the, and the time differences really, really fuck us. Um, but, <laughs> but today we are here to discuss uh, something near and dear to all of our hearts and probably all of yours is children's media and Yay. its uh, real lasting effects and the ways that uh, it actually isn't just for children and the way adults can find solace and comfort in it as well. So without further ado, let's jump into that. Um, what? Okay. So for me, like, I really like this topic because number one, like we first start getting flack for this, like when we're in fucking like high school and stuff like you'll you'll talk about like shows that you like and you mention the wrong thing and it's like that's for fucking kids blah 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 and i think especially like with anime like number one they think it's cartoons it's for kids number two it's like that's weird and like it's really not that weird we <laughs> I don't know anybody who hasn't uh, watched fucking Pokemon. Like, that's yeah. anime. That's, like, you know, and uh, some big ones that people rag on are shows like like Steven Universe and Voltron. And although, like, there are reasons to rag on Voltron, and we can get into that. Uh, the new one with their queer baiting and stuff, like, mm, I'll... <laughs> Joe is Joe is like, no, I love and like don't get me wrong. You made like, me I, cry at the end. Like I, I was do, so attached to everyone. I do like Voltron and I'm and I'm not saying it's bad writing, but I they did make a couple of, of bumps in the road along the way. But so did She-Ra. Like so did so did every so did every piece of media. Like no piece of media is perfect, but like there's a lot of comfort to be found in them. What, like, what are some of your like comfort shows that you would probably say is like a kids show? Avatar. 
Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we all just looked at the screen and we're like, it's Avatar, okay? Like, it's, don't touch yeah. us, it's Avatar. It's Avatar. Um, I also like yeah. cartoons. Yeah, like, yeah. Legend um, of Korra, I've rewatched I don't know how many times. Um, and I can count how many times I've rewatched Last Airbender. That's like four distinct times. I have lost count on Legend of Korra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I still have not finished Legend I'm, of Korra. I'm the opposite. I've watched Avatar countless times and I've watched Korra like two full runs all the way through. Well, it's so good. It's so good. And like uh, Steven Universe is a huge one I for love me. Steven I, Universe. I revisit Steven constantly. I have a pair of Sugalite glasses. Um, I have a <laughs> lapis mirror on the way. Finally, yeah. I purchased it on Etsy and it has exchangeable gems. It has a cracked oh. gem and a whole gem and it has like a real <laughs> functioning mirror. And I'm very excited to get it. And uh, when it's in, I'll post pictures on my Twitter and I'll link the the Etsy shop or maybe I, no I should I was like maybe I shouldn't because I don't want him to get any harder for him because it already took months for me to get <laughs> mine I think he's having like supply issues right now but like he was super communicative the whole time and I super enjoyed that experience um but anyway uh Steven Universe is a huge one for me and like I can see why people like are like, oh, well, that, that, that's for kids. Because like when you first start out, it is very largely episodic. You aren't yeah. getting a whole lot of like the meat and potatoes of the show uh, initially. Like it is very like very much the same with Adventure Time. Like it starts out largely episodic. It starts out largely like kind of just kids humor and then you really get into the world building and you really get into these like deep interpersonal relationships and traumas especially with like steven universe you know you have stuff dealing with anxiety stuff dealing with self-worth stuff dealing with uh past trauma and how sometimes our parents pass those on to us and like like there's a lot in steven universe that's like really fucking healing like when you uh, I like I curated a specific watch through uh, for one of my partners because they have has a hard time with like children's media. And so if, if stuff is like too kiddie, uh, specifically the episode, an episode that they never want to see is an episode that someone else tried to introduce them with, which was the shape shifting episode where Steven oh. turns into a, into a mass of cats. I'm like, yeah. maybe that's not the best one. Not that one. Not that one. <laughs> Um, that one even even um, for seasoned viewers that one was out there yeah that one was a lot i don't know who who greenlit that one but um what the fuck (laughs) i mean at the same time we might not be the target audience for that particular episode and what it's discussing yeah yeah that's also very fair i definitely Uh, have other friends that that's one of their favorite episodes yeah um Mm -hmm. it's very interesting what what we can all especially stuff that isn't like nail on the head this is what this is about it's interesting and that's another thing of it too right is like we're all like watching like with every media we're all watching these things with our own lenses and so like we can pick up on stuff that other people don't and like definitely the like cat thing can ring in as a message of like body dysmorphia it can also ring in a message of just like 
overextending your body to try to do things that you just can't. And like, as people with like invisible, with dynamic disabilities, invisible disabilities, stuff like that, like we're constantly trying to stretch our bodies and and make our bodies and, and minds do the thing that we see, you know, abled people doing or neurotypical people doing. Like we see that and we're like, oh, well, I should be able to do that. I can do that. Like we're the same age. We have the same skill set. We have the same education. I can do that. No, your body and your brain work differently. And if you push yourself to do this, you're going to lose yourself and you're going to burn out. Like you can definitely see where that message can come from in that episode, but also like it's distressing. (laughs) (laughs) Watching Steven like lose control of his body is so distressing. Yeah. But yeah, like that's what it feels like sometimes too. Yeah. <laughs> like big time. Um, but yeah, for me, like the the healing that I experienced through watching Steven Universe is invaluable. Like mm-hmm. it was really something that I could have used as a kid. Like as a kid, I had like Courage the Cowardly Dog. And like I loved Courage the Cowardly Dog. It is single-handedly single-handedly responsible for so much of my humor. Like <laughs> I rewatch old episodes and I'm like, mm, yeah, this is why I'm like this. Or like Invader Zim. I grew up watching oh, a lot yes. of Invader Zim. One that I'm I'm really I want to track down and watch again is All Real Monsters. <laughs> so messed up and it's so weird and quirky and like I don't remember any distinct stories but I remember those visuals and I'm like yes that's my kind of humor and now with all my other stuff I'm like they're just yokai they're just yokai it's just an American take on like these little things and I love it I love it so much yeah all real monsters was a real fun one for me growing up too and I love that I think that's a piece of it as well, especially like I can't speak for you guys, but for me, like as somebody who grew up like in a traumatic childhood, like there was a lot of escapism in in a lot of these shows. And I think like for me, like I don't really watch slice of life anime because number one, a lot of it is very heterosexual. Number two, I... um. I, I also have some recommendations have, for you. But. Okay. Heard. <laughs> um, number two, like any slice of life stuff that's set in like high school or middle school and stuff like that, like usually shows the protagonist with like lots of great friends and like we have fun, cool, like adventures and stories for each other. And it's like, I didn't have that growing up. Like I didn't have like a solid group of friends. I didn't have uh days at school where I wasn't experiencing like trauma and bullying and so like stuff like that is harder for me to watch and sometimes gets me in my feelings in a way that stuff that like actually deals with the trauma doesn't and like I get there's almost this sense of like loss or longing for like a thing that I never had whereas with something like steven universe like no that's something that nobody ever had nobody ever had magic space lesbian rocks raise them (laughs) and the downfall of society (laughs) truly clearly what we all needed was lesbian space rocks as moms and we would have been fine (laughs) we would have ended up raising our moms in some way (laughs) 
but it would have worked out. Look at Steve. It's all fine. It's all fine. I can make all of these jokes for people who haven't seen this show. They won't know why this is so funny and not true at all. Uh, <laughs> Dear um, listeners, Steven is not well-adjusted. Dear listener, it is it is remarkable he is as well adjusted as he is, and he is Sex. not well adjusted. Yeah. Um, but that is like something that was super important for me to see. Like, and I see a lot of myself in a lot of the characters. Um, like I definitely see a lot of my like middle school, high school self in lapis and this, and even some of my tendencies still today, because like, those were the coping mechanisms that saved my life at one point. But like, you know, lapis very much like retreats into herself, retreats into solitude, like is slow to trust. And those people that she does trust, like it's very hard one. And, and so, and I could go on and on, but like, being able to see myself in media like that when I was growing up, not seeing myself in a lot of things ever was really, really neat. And it really is helping to give not only children, but adults the language that they need in order to like talk about things. Yeah. And I think there's an important conversation to be had around that is like, we're not like, you know, it's it's the same record over and over. It's fucking broken that, like, mm-hmm. we aren't teaching children to be people. We are teaching them to be compliant. We are teaching them to, you know, do this, that, and the other thing. And then we're forcing them into these, like, normative roles of, like, husband and father, mother and, and wife, and blah, 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 blah. And it's people aren't taught to, like, when shit isn't going right they are just either like blaming themselves entirely and like i if y'all heard that sorry that it that was from downstairs um (laughs) people are um yeah they're like having problems with their spouses and things like that because they are either turning it all in on themselves and not able to communicate like what their needs are what's not being met why they're frustrated what they're going through or the opposite problem they they don't have enough introspection and they're just like okay well that's wrong that's wrong that and they're not turning in and looking in, in on themselves and i think these sh- these shows really help you to do that like shira as well like that was a whole thing that she had to learn going into it yeah a big thing for me and like focus on like shira in particular was growing up i didn't see myself in any or many of the female kind of protagonists mm-hmm. that were out there they were all very much like they weren't even really protagonists they were very much damselly. Mm-hmm. And I so like growing up with like the Rugrats, I as identified as Tommy Pickles. Like, yep. like there was like Lil was a background character. Angelica was a was like a bully, and obviously it's a lot more complex than that. But that was like the basis. Yeah. Um. So to actually have like animation, even like Adventure Time has like. It has Marceline and mm-hmm. it has Bubblegum, but it also has Fiona. Like, it literally gives us, like, the gender flip. Mm-hmm. It also has um, Finn's past life uh, yeah. character who was a was a young woman. And it has, like, there's a lot there that's really good. 
It has a lot of diverse female characters through the different princesses, which is just great. Right. And they're like it and it shows that like also like you can be multiple things and not all of them are good. Like if you look at PB, like Princess Bubblegum, like low key, like her intentions. She's so problematic. Like I can't even say that her intentions are always in the right place because they're not. Like sometimes it's PB. Yeah. Like sometimes it's genuinely just, oh. I could do this. Let me see what would happen if I did it. Like, mm-hmm. ve- like she very much is that true, like mad scientist. Like that is, and like that's the, that's the thing for me about a mad scientist trope. I don't like the mad scientists where oh they're just evil. Like yeah. no, like most of the time a mad scientist is like mad because they're just doing shit and testing yeah. principles and pushing the boundaries of science and and reality in ways that they're not asking themselves whether or not they should. They're like, I just want to see what would happen. Okay. But babe, the problem is what could happen is catastrophic. They're (laughs) like the chaotic neutral Mm -hmm. characters. Yes. They they sit. It's not for evil purposes. It's not for good purposes. It's just for purposes. It's just for the purpose of knowledge of like what would happen. Like, uh, like it's just that pursuit of knowledge and that sort of caution that you have. And like, I, I think it's brilliant too, because there are so many smart kids who are like, who, who are either they're young women dumbing themselves down and like boys don't like smart girls or they're you know young men who aren't being limited and so it's nice to have like an example of like somebody who's incredibly smart and and, like the people around them worry and like show that sort of thing you know like everything like the writers may not have thought that like that's something that people can get out of it but that is something that people can get out of it you can have these like highly intelligent people looking at this like oh yeah like she kind of is a maniac Mm. (laughs) like oh sometimes she's hurtful to the people around her because she's not recognizing that like oh yeah I would like to pursue knowledge, but the pursuit of that knowledge can't come at the cost of the people around me. And Mm -hmm. I think that's super great. And I like, but also like, it doesn't all have to have a deeper meaning. Like, you know, we can just like take comfort in things. Um, And that's another thing that I think, you know, we get so caught up in just, or at least I get so caught up in justifying why I like these children, like these things that are quote unquote intended for children. When I could just say, fuck off like (laughs) let me enjoy this thing they give me joy (laughs) they give me a crumb of serotonin and dopamine what's interesting is that's that is a skill set that i only learned once i was an adult yeah Uh, as a kid watching anime or other media that everyone around here was not into or knew about and being made fun of it even by family members i did not have the skill set to be like i like it because i like it yeah Mm -hmm. why why do i have to explain why yeah and i i already felt like kind of black sheepish in my family just because Mm -hmm. i'm like the alternative kid that listened to like rock music and had piercings and i have tattoos and i dyed my hair and 
I got called like Wednesday Adams throughout like almost my entire First of all, is the greatest compliment you could ever get. But when you're a kid, right, don't quite understand like how that's empowering because people are just saying it to To point out just how different you are. Yeah. Um, So to actually now be an adult and be like, yeah, I'm wearing a Pokemon jumper. Yeah, like I've got tattoos of the cartoons and shit that I like on my Mm. body. I don't care. Yeah. It's just so good. It's really freeing. And it's also interesting because we are in kind of this like nerd renaissance like it has it has been slowly happening over the over the past like decade or so of you've like first it was all the comic movies right and it was all of that and then it was video games and video game movies and now we're in an age where people are like didn't Critical Role have a theatrical release in some select theaters for the premiere of their latest campaign or something? Like, yeah, they did. Yeah, it's it. We are That's nuts. It, it's fucking yeah. nuts. We're in the age of the D twenty. Like, <laughs> it's it's so interesting. Uh, yes, I no longer have to explain to people. A degree, I have a sequential art degree, aka comic books. Mm -hmm. And, you know, summarize that just by being like, yeah, I have a whatever comic books. And before, like you said, like 10 years ago or whatever, I had to kind of explain, like, well, why? And now people are like, oh, really? You can get a degree in that? That's so cool. I'm like, you are not questioning the, the degree and you're not questioning me being female presenting getting that degree what like it's it's so like and i'm not saying that we don't still have leaps and bounds to go but like we have like it's so different now and like when i was little and i was first introduced to wonder woman i had classmates being like why are you reading comic books that's a boy thing that's not for girls you need to go play with baby dolls and i was like why yeah why First of all, everyone can read comics and everyone should play with baby dolls when they're little because that teaches you, you know, Empathy how to safely and... hold a child and interact with it, with interact with I small humans. I still don't know how to do that. <laughs> baby dolls didn't teach me that. Mm-mm. Don't trust a baby in my arms. That is not smart. Beware all parents. My friends, I have two two sets of friends that have brand new babies. And neither one of them have been like, do you want to hold it? Because they know, they know better. I'll just like lean over the little, what are the. There's a stroller. Are you talking about a stroller? That one. It's like whatever the the pushy thing is. I'll just push the thing. That's not the right word. Anyways, I'm just leaning over. I'm like, hi, small human that came out of my friend. Good job. You are living. (laughs) Good job on getting out. (laughs) My favorite thing is like, I don't tell people happy birthday anymore. I say happy womb escape day. Um, (laughs) Some of us had to fight to get out, man. Uh, (laughs) But um, yeah, like there's, there's like, can we stop gendering things? Number one, like if it doesn't have enough sentience to tell you it's gender, it doesn't have one. Like that's it. 
Like, because yeah. gender is a different thing from sex. Like, animals don't have the concept of gender. Animals have sexes. And, like, with humans, we have a lot of them. And they don't always <laughs> look like you would expect them to. So I can guarantee you a sheet of paper with pretty pictures on it doesn't have an opinion on what gender it is or whose gender it belongs to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not a thing. And like, yeah, like we need to stop like gendering things. We need to stop like imposing these arbitrary age limits to media. Like, no, seven year olds should not be watching Black Snake Moan, but there is nothing to stop a 27 year old from watching My Little Pony. Like, <laughs> as long as you're not being weird about it yeah let's think okay my little pony yeah bronies yeah Yeah, that was it bronies thank you so much for ruining that for all the children (sighs) literally i mean as an adult it's just like oh fuck why ah well okay i mean that's someone's kink fine but the fact that it was done in such a malicious way to where they're like, <laughs> now kids can't even search for My Little Pony without seeing this. Yeah. That's a different kind of evil. And it's so weird, too, because it's not all, <laughs> hashtag not all bronies. Like, yeah. some dudes were literally just using brony because they're like, I'm a dude who likes My Little Pony and, like, people are going to ridicule for ridicule me for it so i might as well own it by putting the bro tag on it yeah yeah because that makes it better you know the bro tag Mm -hmm. fixes everything i'm a (laughs) protagonist that happened a protagonist okay but protagonist is exclusively what i'm using to refer to like protagonists from books like catcher in the rye like I'm going to write it down. That was That's good. That's a protagonist. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> you absolutely should. Protagonist. Tia. I'm going to look at that tomorrow and be like, ha. <laughs> <laughs> and see, now it's recorded, so you have it for perpetuity. Yeah. Protagonist. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like for you guys, like what was the like, what was the first like piece of child media that like or like even now like what's the piece of child media that you go to and you're like oh yeah like I find a lot of like solace in this whether it you know has deeper meaning and helps you heal from your trauma or literally just provides you that safe space when you're going through those things and like that's the thing too is like a lot of it even if we're watching new child media it still sparks a particular sense of nostalgia not because we've seen it before because obviously this is new but it it takes us back to that time when like our stuff was easier to parse through and so for a second we can like tune in shut off go back to that part of ourself that's just like eating cereal before school watching our cartoons or eating cereal or eating you know whatever and like watching tunes after school or after homework and like it just kind of at least for me allows me to like not try to think not be trying to think about the plot not be trying to you know think about my day i'm just enjoying something that was made to be simple and give simple pleasure and, and yeah turn off for a little bit 
<laughs> uh, I have two. Um, one I just finally got around to watching, and it's not actually for kids, I think. I don't know. I can't tell. But it's Bee and Puppycat. Oh, I Bee and Puppycat. That one's so good. I think it's, I, I think I would say that it's for that, like, 14 to like yeah. 20 year old range it's it's made for like a wide berth there but yeah. it's it's the, it's in that same vein of like adventure time bravest mm-hmm. warriors and they're all made yeah. by the same like production company yeah, yeah. it's all the same animation yeah Super great. i get a miyazaki f- okay like can i just say big old giant studio ghibli anything and i'm in a happy place all my own like hello princess mononoke nausicaa of the valley of the wind like spirited away kiki's delivery service like Mm -hmm. i could do an entire podcast just dissecting miyazaki and Mm -hmm. ghibli works but set that to aside uh the second one the show specifically that i keep going back to is it's a french one Oh, is it being puppycat? No, I mean, no. not being puppycat. Uh, the miraculous ladybug and, and Chat Noir. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Like it's dumb. It's the French take on magical schoolgirl trope, and I freaking love it to death. And it just makes me happy. And it's like that weird kind of slice of life ish. But then they're playing on all these Japanese tropes. And then they're bringing in different mythologies along with it and doing a good job at not being offensive to anyone. And there's mixed race couples and there's all kinds of different representation through the show. And you still have this lighthearted story that I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to put that on the background. And I, do, do, do. Yeah. And I, yeah. Um, I really enjoy Ladybug and Cat Noir. I think it's a lot of fun. Like I uh, got exposed to it because um, my friend's kid, um, I put it on for him and he loved it. And so like, I like sat and watched that with him while she was working and like, it's very cute. It reminds me a little bit i mean and i guess any of them would right because they have that same kind of formula when it comes to like oh create the monster okay now the the costumed you know teenager fights the monster but it reminds me a little bit it's like this weird mix of like sailor moon um power rangers and like a little bit of like that code lyoko moment for me just <gasps> based on the anime <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought about Code Lyoko. It's all the four, just, just foreheads, foreheads for days. Oh my God. <laughs> you, you could have served a full four course meal on those foreheads. What was the character design? They're like, <laughs> what? what's that? that one was french too right yeah that one i think it was french canadian it might have been french though but i i I don't know i feel like french canadian is right but i don't know yeah i feel like it came out of a a studio in canada but it was originally in french French. like it was french canadian my exposure to that is very limited and very much 
when I lived in Canada. So that's my guess, but that doesn't yeah. actually Honestly, like if your exposure to Code Lyoko was limited, I'm unsurprised. Like light me up on Twitter if you actually watch Code Lyoko. Let me know because I felt like I was the only kid in school that watched it. Like the oh, only- I definitely was. Right? I the only other was. people I know <laughs> who have watched Code Lyoko I've met on the internet. I never knew <laughs> anyone in my actual life. <laughs> no one, Code no one else in this state watched Code Lyoko at the same time as me. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. There's no way. And but yeah, like that, like that sort of episodic of like, oh, this monster shows up. We got to go do this, and nobody knows we do it. Hush, secret. <laughs> like it's so funny, and like watching watching them play on some of these like tropes is really fun because they do that whole like the the two heroes are in love with each other but the wrong version oh, of each no. other like they have the the love triangle going on with it's each weird. other and i'm like oh yeah because like chat noir is really into ladybug and the uh marinette and, is into adrian yes and, and like, those are their respective secret identities and it's it's just like, a whole and okay, like i could it literally, I have done multiple panels with a friend <laughs> for this. I have a plague cosplay. Like it's it's a thing. I have made multiple masks for cosplayers and like yeah, yeah. it's a it's a thing. It's, it's a thing. And I just don't understand why there's so much hate for something that clearly sparks so much joy. Like mm-hmm. it, it okay, so this person is enjoying a children's show. Okay. Like what what is what is the problem? Like why 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 is it that when we become adults, like when we hit late teens and like early adulthood, okay, now everything we do has to be cerebral or has to challenge us in some way or has to blah 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 blah. Like no. You also need the downtime to let your brain yeah. rest in a in a a comfortable area mm-hmm. because that's healing and having a difference in uh neural connections along whatever media you're consuming whether it's audio visual text whatever like having those differentiations actually helps keep your brain more limber Mm. so anyways that is my scientific quote unquote explanation of like watching kids programs is good for your brain (laughs) it allows you to keep learning Mm-hmm. Stimulus doesn't need to be stimulating in the sense of like it's constantly making you think or it's blah blah. Like it can just be like just tickling the little happy feelings. That's right. Like, give, me, give, me those, give me those natural free so drugs from my body. Yeah. Right. And it's like like stimulation is a blanket term. Like, what are we stimulating? Yeah. What kind of st- stimulation is it? Like it's not. Oh, stimulation means you should be challenging yourself and you should be learning something new. Yeah. But also like learning something new doesn't have to come from a huge amount of like effort and like challenge, like Mm -hmm. learning something new sometimes happens through a silly little kids show portraying a principle or something in a very simplified manner that you didn't get when you were a kid. It's just like, like, you know, like, I don't know. Like so many at, at bare basics, there's so many lessons in empathy. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sympathy and empathy available for adults that's not exactly there for kids when you can sit down and allow yourself to suspend disbelief, which I am notoriously bad at. Like, you will have to work very hard to make me suspend disbelief, especially in live action stuff. Oh my God. Especially and completely in live action stuff. Like, yeah. I will nitpick you, I will critique you. Meh. But in animation stuff, I am more willing to suspend disbelief. And so you are able to learn and allow yourself to open up to these lessons and empathy and relationships that, for me, are harder to connect to in live action things. And that is absolutely not what any of that is meant for as a children's show. It's teaching them like basic morals and parables in a modern setting. Fine. Cool. Yay. As an adult, I I get a different kind of exercise out of it. Right. And as an as adults, especially with shows like Cora and um, which Cora, I I don't think was intended for as young an audience as Avatar was. I think I think Cora no. was shot at the kids who grew up with Avatar. And like, mm-hmm. yes, of course, they wanted to pull in new no, the, audiences. The creators, the creators have talked about that um, that it was. You're supposed to join Cora's story at the age you were supposed to finish Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. So if Avatar was written for like eight to twelve year olds, then Cora is and in Avatar that story ends when they're all like around fourteen, fourteen to seventeen. Ang is like thirteen by the end of it. Zuko, I think, is the oldest. Yeah, Zuko's definitely the oldest, and I can't remember if he was 17 or 18 by the end of it. I think he was 16 at the start of it, so he would have been 17 or... I think he would have been 17 at the end of it, because mm -hmm. it all takes place within, like, a year, right? Two years. Two Two and a half years. So he would have been 18, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Um, because Aang was... Was Aang 13 or 12 at the beginning? 12. 12. Okay, so he was 14 by the end of it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. Cool. 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 Also, like, I liked how I like how in Avatar, like, we have two instances. Like, so there's Aang who kisses Katara, and she's like, "Yo, like, what the hell? Not the time. Not the place." can't be do and then he does it again and she's like what the fuck mm-hmm. and like the anger is never turned back on katara katara is never made to feel like she did something wrong by enforcing yeah. her physical boundaries and i think that's mm-hmm. really beautiful and we also see it when zuko and may fight uh and that like he's being kind of a pissant at her for behaviors that she always has and she's like what's your problem and and like you know, it's never, it's never about May. Like it's not May's, it, his shit is not May's responsibility. And like the show makes that very clear. And I think those are things that are very important because especially as, you know, female presenting individuals, like it, it, you are held responsible for the emotions of the people around you in really unfair ways. Like, no, Like your reaction to my completely reasonable boundary is not my fault. Like your reaction is why that boundary is in place. Like, um, but Kim, what about you? What, what, what's a comfort media for you that you go back to over and over that you. Just before we jump off of that. um, I think the way that they visualized um, 
sort of not holding women accountable for kind of like the healing of others was when they tried to force Katara into just learning healing. Yes. Oh my gosh, yeah. And she does not stand for it and she goes and she learns waterbending anyway and then becomes one of the greatest waterbenders. Oh my God, she she whooped a master waterbender at 13 years old. Like she stopped an entire rainstorm and created a rain, like mastered mastered bloodbending in a week like katara is the most powerful waterbender master that ang could have asked for (laughs) absolutely and it it made me so that's one of the things that like was a lean out for me in cora was the supposed treatment of katara because like obviously this council of people that Aang put together is not listening to Katara because if Katara had had more of a hand in Korra's training, mm-hmm. Korra would approach things differently. And like, that's the main thing that Korra gets so much shit about is, Oh, she just tries to punch her way through all of her problems and blah, blah, blah. Number one, she doesn't just try to punch her way through problems. But number two, that's also what they focused on with her. Like the council clearly focused heavily on her martial training and her bending and not her actual fucking diplomacy and people skills. Like that, that's they the kept big her difference. The entire time. People yeah. do not take into account the trauma that she grew up with of being secluded and hidden away from the world for her quote unquote safety. I could yeah. I could do an entire podcast just on Cora right. as well. And why yeah. is it for her safety if Aang created this utopia and Toph created a fucking police force? Yeah. Thank you. Someone <laughs> else is saying it besides me. Right. What Aang are you did not leave the world in a perfect place? He wasn't technically meant to. Like it's a it's it's a yeah. huge ask to demand someone anyone of any age make a perfect utopian world and society and have everyone else copacetic within it like no that's not how that works no but to blame the next generation on the quote-unquote failings of the previous like that's yeah horse shit yeah yeah like i think a lot of people wanted cora to be more like ang as far as like her approach on problems and stuff. And they're fundamentally different people that were raised incredibly differently. And also like their journeys are different. Like Mm -hmm. Aang's journey was about finding out how to balance being the avatar with his raising as an air nomad, because like, that's a Mm -hmm. completely different way of life and a completely different way to be. Whereas Korra always knew she was the avatar. She always knew like, this is what my job is and what I'm supposed to do. But she she was so excited to claim that title. Oh yeah. Literally running away from it. Like he was like, nope, 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 nope. Mm -hmm. Too much, too much, too Mm -hmm. much. And Cora's like, give it to me. She was super psyched for that responsibility, but wasn't properly prepared for it by the people around her. Like she wasn't prepared to be a diplomat. She wasn't, she wasn't taught how to look at a problem on all sides, the way that, Aang was as an air nomad who's supposed to be detached and ultimately peaceful like that like they're different stop expecting that Mm -hmm. from her and watch her grow because that's the point Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I I got yeah that's that's why I will 
it's hard for me to count how many times I've watched that show. I can distinctly say I have not watched season four as often because of my own trauma and processing. I have a very hard time getting through episodes in season four because I know I am not there yet. I am Mm. not ready to go on that section of the journey with her because I'm still stuck in like season three. Like I'm still trying to get the the metal poison out of me kind of thing. Like I'm still Mm. down in that swamp with Toph. Right. Um, Or, well, I just kind of mixed up things because that's obviously where I am again in (laughs) rewatching. But um, the, 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 uh, yeah. I don't know. I haven't I haven't gotten that storyline yet. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I was it's, watching it with a with a friend who um decided to end the friendship, so I haven't been able to revisit it yet. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Kim, I was asking about your comfort media, your children's I'm gonna lay it on you. Do it. Doc Tales. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yes love it so much love it so much it's so good it's so good the voice acting is superb david tennant is scrooge mcduck i didn't know that that's amazing oh so is this the new ducktales the new one yeah the new one okay okay i mean i'm not gonna if the original's on i'm not gonna snub it but they have like fully fleshed out the characters in this one like you have webby to kind of balance out that sort of boy energy from huey doing louis yeah yeah um you have a lot more interaction with donald which is great they once had him voiced by, um, oh God, what's his face? He was in, he's in the Avengers. He plays. Oh. Who does he uh, play? I can't even remember the character's name in Avengers. This is terrible. What does the character it's look Tony's like? Tony's mate. Tony's mate. Oh, Rhodey? Yes. Oh, uh, Don Cheadle. That's Don the name Cheadle, of that actor. Thank you. Yeah. So in one Donald episode, Duck? I'm sorry. Donald wait, Donald Duck is Donald? voiced by Don Cheadle. Don Manuel Miranda is in the new Doc Tales. Like it's insanely good. Wild. It's That's wild. Beautifully well, done. The storyline is so well crafted. It's just so comforting, but also it has the excitement. It has like those pieces of looking for so they're like looking for their mom um they they live with donald like there's a lot more backstory of like how the boys end up with donald and then with scrooge mcduck there's a lot of backstory that you could turn into a D campaign like with the drop of a hat incredible (laughs) there's a lot about sort of like scrooge's parents being sort of like trapped in this house that never like ages so that they can go back and forth to see them but like they're just in this little time period just existing and it's like i need that i need that in real life like i would just insert my parents and make them safe like can i have that for reals it's absolutely crazy um but it's just it's really really well developed and i obviously started listening to it because of david tennant but also uh, ben Schwartz is in it and um, Danny Puddy's in it from Community. He does. Yes. I would, would I would kill for Joel no. McHale to get on that show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
yes. he would be so funny. I, do you know, I haven't actually rewatched DuckTales in a little while and I might do that <laughs> <laughs> this weekend because it is, it is just so good. And like, because I'm in the UK, we had that shit thing of like, oh, here's season one. And America had like season one, two and three. And I'm like... Yeah. And they did that with Steven Universe as well. Like I had season one of Steven Universe for like 20 years and everybody else is like the full back catalogue of Steven Universe. I'm like, why? VPNs are your friend. A a friend of mine (laughs) is watching um, Lucifer for the first time. And in America on Netflix, all of Lucifer is on Netflix. But in the UK, the first three seasons, which aired like on television, are not on Netflix. Netflix in the UK only has the episodes that they produced, uh, which I find very intriguing. Like what like what does their contract look like that it's so specific like that? We have like two sort of like cable providers so we have sky and virgin media who are the main ones and sky is generally the reason that something isn't on netflix or amazon prime it's generally because sky got the contract first so like when films come out it goes into sky cinema and then it will go to like netflix or whatever if they don't have the direct rights i mean whenever i was in japan i was able to watch all of what existed of star trek discovery on netflix yeah Mm. so we have all of star trek discoveries on netflix for us that's the only place it's shown i have vpn i had vpn over there so i could deal with work stuff and then i was like oh i can watch stuff for america here without a problem specifically like there were certain shows that didn't have any subtitling and i was like oh no (laughs) someone help the closed captioning is still in japanese this doesn't help me um but then uh, i thought you i thought you spoke and and read japanese uh not fast enough ah for the captions got it yeah no because it's like i was like wait a second you gotta let that sit there for like 30 seconds and i'll get like Good morning, Sensei. How are you doing today? <sighs> Anyways, yeah, there um, is a there is a lot more fluid. there is a lot more lettering that happens, I guess, when you're transcribing it into Japanese. Yeah, no, and also it's all kanji mixed with yeah. the hiragana katakana, and I'm like, I'm good with hiragana katakana. Don't ask me about kanji. I know like five. Oh, Anyways, no. um, whenever I came back here, I was like, I'm gonna keep up that VPN thing so I can watch like my K dramas when they <laughs> drop and I don't have to wait. Yes. Um, so that has I've... been all over my TikTok, like K dramas, C dramas, BL dramas, like people have just been like posting them all over TikTok. Um, but yeah, like what is it about children's media for you specifically? I'm asking both of you uh, that, but what, what is it about it that you think makes it kind of timeless? Like it, it, it's, it's, it's not like this weird phenomenon. Like clearly there are multiple adults who do this. Like, what is it for you that you think keeps you coming back to it? That might be kind of a draw. I don't know if it is like a blend of the nostalgia stuff, but also that. I find that it doesn't age the same as like mm. the live stuff does. And I don't know if that is because they have greater flexibility to just dis- like to sort of suspend disbelief or 
um, to just c completely dispel what you know anyway so that they can make it just as crazy as possible. Like, Adventure Time is going to have that longevity because it's not based in anything that's happening right now it's all based in a completely separate realm mm -hmm. but then it still like flickers back for all the stuff with like ice king and marceline you still have those touches that we recognize the stuff that grounds us back into those kind of stories that we resonate with most of all and then it throws us back into the disbelief again, but we, we're still carrying that, that sort of trauma or that exposure as well. So mm -hmm. I think areas where they are able to blend those two things give the longest living and the best sort of experiences in terms of, of animated shows for me. Yeah. And I think even with Courage the Cowardly Dog is like a it's like a similar thing of like, yeah, it's like set in the real world in a fictional place called Nowhere, Kansas, at, with very crazy ass things happening but it's not always some monster from the black lagoon sometimes it's a con man fox like yeah. you know like there's there's all of these very um there's all of these very fantastical things happening uh, that kind of, uh, and obviously like the squash and stretch that happens with uh, Courage, because it's very much a squash and stretch cartoon. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, to me that, like, I love stuff like that and stuff that has like stories better than I like like fairly odd parents or, or, or things yeah. like that. Um, and of course, like I'm a millennial, so I, I have all the SpongeBob reference jokes, but like, mm -hmm. I always found myself drawn more to like totally spies. Only real ones watch totally spies and they told no one. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yes. I loved like, totally spies. Appropriately dressed teenage girls that were badasses. Okay. What? Yeah. Like yes, and Clover please, was thank you. Far before Kim Possible, there was totally spies. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I'm and really... like Clover was, yeah, boy crazy, but at the same time, like she wasn't made to be this slut or anything mm -hmm. about it. Like, no, like this is just a girl who likes boys. Like yeah. and we all have fine. that friend. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, we all have that friend. Okay. We all have that friend who has a different boyfriend every three weeks. Like, especially in high school, we had that friend. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like shows like that that really like have 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 a lot of heart for their character and like also like don't underestimate their audiences. Like yeah. that. That. That's mm -hmm. a huge thing for me. Like I could never sit and watch Baby Einstein. I could never sit and watch Paw Patrol. Um, <laughs> like, but I'll watch Steven Universe with a with a five to with a seven to ten year old all day long. I'll watch fucking Courage the Cowardly Dog. I'll watch fucking DuckTales, like the Miraculous Ladybug, like those sorts of things I'll watch because like it genuinely has a heart to it. Yeah. Whereas like Bubble Guppies is something that you put on to park your kid in front of while you have to do shit around the house. I'm just going to throw it out there. Peppa Pig is a fucking bitch. She? Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig is a little so fucking... Peppa Pig is a little fucking bitch. And let me tell you, let me tell you, 
Caillou is a badass, ball-headed little bitch boy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> title of the episode, Caillou is a ball-headed bitch boy. Like, yeah. I, that kid is bad. That's a badass little kid. Never yeah. learns a lesson. The best thing to come out of it was, Ni hao! What? Like, <laughs> the way that TikTok took that audio and ran with it was so good. But, like, yeah, like, there's, like, that's the thing is, like, adults aren't sitting out here watching, like, baby shows for this for the fun of it. Like, we're watching children's media and 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 not all of it is children's media and i think that's the big takeaway here is like yeah even if it's made for kids like it doesn't mean that you can't find enjoyment in it and it doesn't mean that there's nothing that you can take from it or or learn from it like and even if there's not anything to learn from it like you can still enjoy things like you are allowed to do things that are for nothing other than enjoyment. And like, Mm -hmm. as long as that enjoyment isn't coming at a personal cost to someone else, like, why are you trying to stop? Why are you trying to steal someone's joy? Because that's Mm -hmm. what it boils down to at the end of the day is like, you're literally just stealing their joy. You, You like, they don't gain anything from not watching it and you don't gain anything from having stopped them from watching it. Yeah. So why are you trying to stop them from watching it? Why are you shaming them? Why are you trying to make them feel? And that that's why I hate the term guilty pleasure. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm not about to feel guilt anymore. I'm not. Mm-mm. Like in high school, I would wake up, like I was supposed to go to bed at a certain time, but then I would wake up at like midnight or one in the morning. I forget now. Well, I think it also depended on like the time changes, but because uh, I wanted to watch Gundam Wing and Dragon Ball Z. And I could not catch it after school because I was volunteering and shit like that. And so I would like set a little alarm. I would wake my ass up and I would watch my two shows in the middle of the fucking night and go back to sleep. And I just remember sitting there keeping like the volume low so I wouldn't get caught. Mm -hmm. But also because like I definitely felt that guilt of like no one else likes this, but I really want to know the rest of the story. And so I'd just be like, shh, don't be loud. Don't scream too much, Goku. (laughs) <laughs> that literally the, the, i'm sure there's a whole episode where it's just him screaming like, yeah yeah it's called the the z saga <laughs> it's called 30 episodes of him to finally transform He's, i have those same memories like i like fucking inuyasha staying up late watching inuyasha oh God, watching yeah. watching fucking ramoni kenshin uh big O. I don't know who oh out there remembers fuck. big O. Uh, I wish is... I didn't remember Big O. I didn't oh like that God. one. I was just like, why does this Bruce Wayne knockoff bullshit? Right. No, it was, it was genuinely I still watched like, every episode. It was literally Batman if Batman had a mech instead of a suit. And, a, like, and, and Alfred was like this strange robot girl. Mm-hmm. That he was kind of in love with. Yeah, no, it was like, like it was so weird. Um, but not definitely not a kid's show. That was not a kid's show. Not a kid's show. Whereas like Samurai Jack, which is, which was, I believe, I think was rated, I think it was rated Y7. Like, I think it was intended for seven-year-olds. Yeah, no, it ain't like, I have a cosplay planned around Samurai Jack. I loved Samurai Jack. I still haven't watched the final season that they finally released. I haven't either. I need to, I want to do a full rewatch and watch it because I heard amazing things about it. Yeah. Um, but I I loved Samurai Jack. That one was so good. 
Um, that one had, it, it was what you said, that it's not going to pretend that the audience is dumb. It's going to be like, no, you're smart enough to follow this. Come on this journey. Yeah. We're going to have to remember things from other episodes in mm-hmm. this one. And if you don't, it's okay. We still got the little story. But if you remember things, then you got the big story too. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's just because you asked the question earlier and my brain got to mulling over it. And it's really going back to saying we're in a renaissance of sorts when it comes mm-hmm. to animate like traditional 2d animation because we when i'm guessing we were all young is the 80s and we have i wasn't born in the 80s oh i know i'm okay, sorry well, i love you i wasn't trying to make you feel old but i might no, not know fine. what you're talking I, about it, it's, well, <laughs> sorry, I mean, i'm still from the 80s it's fine okay <laughs> i might know it well, yeah, you do. It's it's the Transformers and GI mm-hmm. Joes and mm-hmm. the original He-Man and She-Ra. It's all, yep. and there were cartoons for all of those things, but they were just fancy uh, commercials to promote the toys. And yeah. so that was straight up just like kids are idiots; they don't know anything. We just want to sell these products. So, uh Instead of spending all this money on advertising, we'll make these episodes and the kids yeah, will want to we'll buy the Yeah, we'll make a whole toys. show. Mm-hmm. And I, it was crazy choice, whatever. And then in the 90s, there's this transition and they're like, okay, well, kids aren't really that dumb. We have new science out that says some new things. And so let's give some crazy art school kids some funding and let them do what they want. And we get the Rugrats and All Real Monsters, <sighs> Hey Which- Arnold. And Rugrats, like for adults, like watch Rugrats again as an adult because there it's are so many references. So many in sex Rugrats, jokes like, are in that. So many sex jokes, but not even just that. Like Tommy is a whole little like uh, in insert of the doctor. Like that's the re- yeah. like that's the reason the creator always had him have his screwdriver. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's a mm-hmm. reference. To the sonic screwdriver that the doctor carries um yeah. and there's there's tons of stuff like that there's tons of references to all sorts of media and film throughout the rugrats and like that and, and that's another thing like steven universe is also chock full of references there's references to pokemon there's references to sailor moon there's like <laughs> all of these things are so referential like rebecca sugar is literally quoted as saying if you think something is a reference to something it probably is because like it's it it's fun to do that and it's fun to like play with your audience like that like a lot of like a lot of the universe uh, of Steven Universe is like based around America but also specifically based around like Baltimore and literally like Ocean City and all of that um and so it's just really neat to like get to enjoy these things as an adult and laugh at things that you missed when you were a kid too. Like you get that, you get that wink, wink, nod, nod, like we mm-hmm. know what's up. Let's keep going. Yeah. And that's so like, I see you. I see you. I think another big, I think an- a piece of media that was really big in kind of shifting the way that we did children's cartoons was the nineties X-Men animated series. Oh yeah. Like, Lord, which version? <laughs> well, that's the thing too. Because we have like, the early '90s, and then we have the late '90s, and when they then there's because the production. And- that's what's so interesting about that show, right? Because the first like 
I think four to five seasons were handled by a different production company. And then a production company in Japan bought it and started producing mm-hmm. it. Uh, and it got really wild. Um, but the early 90s uh, <laughs> X-Men animated Original. series, I think oh, really <laughs> changed the way not only that we were animating things uh because like to look at the to look at the 90s x-men animated series it was like a moving comic book like mm-hmm. it was genuinely so beautifully well done and the color like the coloring choices like everything was just and just down to the line work it looked yeah. like a moving fucking comic um and it really <laughs> so funny um but also did a really good job at like balancing tone um Mm -hmm. and i think that really like and the success of that really made us look at like what kind of stories we're telling to kids and how we're telling them Mm um i think was another big one except for season three like let's just pretend season three doesn't exist there's only two seasons of gargoyles oh my fuck but um uh the company that shall not be named the mouse um decided that they know best and that definitely was well it was also down to like he was doing more than because disney never like first of all disney is a company and they are a a conservative one at that um and number he wanted lexington to be gay (laughs) he want like there was so much that he wanted to do and so many cerebral stories that he wanted to tell and also like the the way that he was doing it was expensive fuck yeah. off yeah um but yeah like you know alisa maza having an afro indigenous oh, lead God. and like having her brother have his sto- whole storyline and like the way that they dealt with all of that like it's really beautiful and like I, and i've said it before and i'll say it again one of the most powerful lines i've ever heard in media was from a child's show if you pay a man enough he'll walk barefoot through hell and that is david zanatos from episode so three what? one why no. oh that happens that's, in one that because that's like when he's up on i knew that was when he was up on the yeah, thing no, but i happens. thought that that didn't happen until yeah. after they did all of the okay <laughs> It's episode one. I thought it was episode three. I, I thought they did all of the ancient stuff in Scotland in the first they, like they do, three episodes. They do, they do the back and forth. That's yeah, right. They but, do do a lot so, of the back and forth. Like they cut and they come back and like he's climbing and we're like, who the fuck's this dude? Like whatever. And they cut back and you're like, all right, but this dude's after something. Cut back and then he's like, haha, found it. Bring it the helicopters and line, line, line. <laughs> famous quote. And I'm like, as like I remember watching that as a kid, being like, "Oh wow, he's really powerful. He knows mm-hmm. what's up." But as an adult, I'm like, "Fuck, Riker, what are you doing, man?" Well, and it's just like when um, when Fox goes through her whole thing with the amulet of Odin, mm-hmm. and uh, Xanatos makes a remark about Goliath knowing his weakness now, and Goliath is like, "Only you would consider caring for someone a weakness." Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, yeah, so good. Get it. So good. You know, and then, like, I could, I could drone on and on. Like, this is like, but I think, like, you know, not to overstate it, but like, just let people fucking enjoy things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we, I think we expect too much from people and media. Like, people are always like, oh, well, that wasn't 
as action-packed as this or that wasn't as this as that and like blah 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 and I'm like okay then go watch that like especially if it's not even in a connected universe like don't talk to me about how oh well you know you're watching Babylon 5 and Star Trek is so much better because blah 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 blah, blah. and it's like they're different shows that's not I, the point they're I want, telling I want two very something different, stories. different out of it like it doesn't like your thing doesn't have to be everybody's thing and you don't have to like anybody else's thing if they're not asking you to watch it with them like mm-hmm. if you don't like steven yeah. universe i'll watch it by my goddamn self like i don't need to hear you sit here for you know however long talking about oh well this is kitty or oh like that's you know too much or blah 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 like fuck off just let me enjoy that <laughs> Yeah. Um, did either of you watch Kipo and the Yeah I've watched like the first season of it and I need to I need to get back on that one because it's like that moment when when um wait hang on. I might have been mixing up the shows. The little the the it's the little girl in the wilds. Uh, wait, no, hang on. I'm definitely a wolf. No. She has like a wolf Se- within the singer. Are you thinking of Secret yes. of the Kells? Okay, th- th- that's definitely different. That's definitely different. No. Uh, okay, was there a little, like, okay. So she's so lost. There's a, there's a little black girl with Kipo that wears like a wolf hood and she has like a stinger. Yes, yes. But yeah. then, so there's like the three friends, the girl, yeah. guy, and little wolf child thing. Yeah. Um, but the out of the first season, like the one moment that really captured me was whenever the guy friend kidnapped her, kidnapped her and took her to an amusement park for her birthday. Yes. 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 And she's like, you know, really, really like cool way to talk about like how to talk to your crush and like admit it. And then he's like, oh, but I like guys. And I was like, (gasps) and then let's talk about the power of having a young black man say the words i'm gay oh yeah i watched that with my friend naomi um we're both queer um she's half chinese she threw herself into the air she was so happy that this announcement came she was like "Ah!" because she was kind of set like oh it's gonna okay it's gonna be like this little heteronormative story yeah i was i was thinking that too and then whatever and then all of a sudden he's like no keep on i'm gay and she's like accepting of it and was like okay well i still care about you and he's like i care about you too and she's like well this is a great friendship and i was like that's exactly how that shit rolls that's how it that's should exactly be how it should go like yeah are you sad that like what you expected and like what you wanted didn't happen yes but is it intrinsically bad no does it mean that that relationship is over no like it's it's really important like because the amount of times like even growing up the amount of times somebody had feelings for somebody and then told them and then that person didn't return them and they just stopped being that person's friend and i'm like that was really shitty of you i've lost so many friends over that yeah well i mean they weren't friends they weren't like they were waiting for something else like 
it always hurts. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and I was just like so happy for both of them. And I was like, ah, you're staying true to yourselves. You're respecting each other and you still have a strong ass friendship. Oh, yes. I think we're just, again, reinforcing the fact that like adults have a lot to learn from kids shows. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fantastic example. Like I wish I could have like plopped that down in front of ex-friends slash partners to be like this is how you should have behaved mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know um another show that like popped into my head uh is, is the dragon prince i have heard good things about it i haven't watched it yet because the animation style kind of bugs me yes i, I watched the first season and i haven't watched any more because <gasps> the animation style kind of bugs me oh it's, my gosh it's kind of reminiscent of uh ruby for me and i think is it this it's coming out of the same it's coming studio, out of the same I studio i think it's it's rooster yeah. teeth i think it's it's another rooster teeth production but that i think the writing team was the avatar team yeah mm-hmm. it is completely yeah. different universe they're doing completely different things but talking about like little black boy openly saying he's gay like that's a huge deal like and the biggest thing that like just floored me with the writing in season one, because obviously like I wasn't phased by the animation, still not, um, is that you have a very obvious mixed couple and they've produced a mixed child and he is the heir, not the little white boy. Mm-hmm. And you have these interesting power dynamics that aren't based around like outward appearances Though you kind of can get into that if you really want to, but it's always about power and magic is what makes the difference mm-hmm. between the mm-hmm. these humanoid individuals fighting for all the things. But it's also the representation presented in the show of what is considered able-bodied and mm-hmm. what is what is badass, what is power mean? What how can it be transformed in these different situations? Mm-hmm. And respect for the environment and nature and a different, whereas like these, the the writers of the Avatar universe have definitely talked about harmony and balance within everything in a very specific way. They're doing it in a different way in Dragon Prince that is very cerebral, but yet everything is kept at a lower level so kids can join in and learn these lessons but as an adult like i am just eating it up yeah my hands down my favorite character is the deaf mute auntie she is a fucking badass and a half and like you think if you got to her in season one good job guess what she gets even more bitching and amazing the further on you get in the story she is epic you had said representation and i was gonna bring up the deaf representation in dragon <laughs> prince because it's, like, it, it's great like mm-hmm. i do love that they included that i wish that they would caption what she's signing i'm uh, glad they don't i'm glad I do, they so, don't so there is a, there is a movie that i really like it's it's off topic but it's on this topic that we're talking mm-hmm. about uh the sound of metal which i'm mm-hmm. sure uh people have heard of if you haven't it's a it's uh about a drummer in a metal band who is going deaf there's nothing he can do about it like he is he is going to go completely deaf and so it follows his journey of kind of learning to assimilate that into 
his, you know, idea of himself and how he deals with that and learning how to lip read, learning how to, how to, how to read, how to read and how to sign, um, how to do all of those things. And they do not caption any of the signing until he has a comprehensive knowledge of sign language, um, because you are on that journey with him because he doesn't understand what anybody in his life is saying. He can't perceive what his hearing friends are saying and he can't understand what the deaf people around him are saying. And so he's in this like really frustrating space of like, trying to assimilate into what what it what will be his new normal but like he doesn't even belong there yet and so like that was a really brilliant choice for that um the reason that i i kind of wish that they did it for the dragon prince is because like that's not the specific narrative they're telling and i understand I understand where it's nice is because like, oh, well, you don't adjust anything for, you know, non-hearing people. They're not going to adjust for you. So I do like the kind of tongue in cheek part of it there, but I'm also just like, but like, I do know sign and like, you guys aren't doing the standard thing. And like, I, I want to know what she's saying. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm just a chisme, okay? I'm a chismosa. I need to know all of it. Like, I need to know what folks are saying. But no, I do, I think, I think stuff like that is super fucking brilliant and beautiful and great. Um, like, we need more, we need more disability representation for in kids' shows as well. Um, like, Daniel Tiger, like, this isn't something that I'm, you know, suggesting you know, adults go watch by themselves, but like in Daniel Tiger, like there's a, there's a child in a wheelchair. There's a child that uses uh, mobility aids. I think they have like crutches um, there. Like you see like different ability levels and it's really important to show that to kids because, <laughs> because kids don't know shit. And like <laughs> when a kid sees a disabled person in real life, they could ask some really like harmful questions without meaning to because they're kids and they don't know what's happening and then you're in the awkward position as a disabled person to like educate this child and the parent is in the awkward position of looking like a fucking ass that talks about disabled people in weird ways and it's like no they've just never seen somebody in a wheelchair before i'm so sorry mm-hmm. like these are things that we don't think about. Like we, you know, we think about teaching kids about empathy and like playing nice with each other and like not doing this or that. And, but we don't think about, we don't always think about presenting these shows with real world things in them when we're creating fantasy and stuff like that. Like we think about like concepts of like emotion and, and emotional intelligence and stuff like that, but not so much about like showing the real world and like showing people who are blind, showing people who are deaf, showing people who use mobility aids. Um, And I think if more adults were watching these shows and like not ashamed to like say, oh yeah, I watched this show and like, I like it for this, this and this reason, but I think it could be better for this, this and this reason. Like, because kids aren't going to critique the fact that there aren't any mixed race children. Children aren't going to critique the fact that there aren't any disabled children being represented. They're not going to critique the fact that there aren't queer people being represented because they don't know to ask those questions and to say those things. But like we as adults, like imbibing this media can make it that much better for children and can make the world that much better by doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's in 
doing what I do for my day job, it's interesting seeing how um, techniques are changing for kids mm-hmm. at the early childhood education level. Um, like I've, oh, I can I can phrase all of this without getting in trouble. Um, <laughs> a project that I've worked on is specifically right. don't don't break don't break any NDAs for me. Yeah, friend. no, that's how I'm like, how do I phrase this? <laughs> um, a uh, project that I've worked on on and off for a couple of years now specifically is helping show early childhood educators, aka day care workers, mm-hmm. um, that having an inclusive environment and bringing in children um, that have all kinds of disabilities from physical, mental, like all of that and have an inclusive classroom environment or care environment Mm -hmm. benefits everyone because you're, Mm -hmm. it's not just about the social emotional uh, uh, lessons to be learned, but it's being exposed to those things and learning how to adapt and help and just Mm -hmm. know from a young age. And when not to help as well too. Like that's a huge thing too, is like people stay, adults stay infantilizing people with disabilities because they, (laughs) number one, were not exposed to it growing up. Um, So they don't really know the ability levels of an individual and like whether or not and like there's a there's someone on tiktok that i follow who has like spikes on her wheelchair and like spikes on her cane and stuff to stop unsolicited assistance from just random people and it's like yeah like no like don't push somebody's wheelchair unless they ask you to push their wheelchair like don't grab something for somebody unless they're asking you to do that like people Mm -hmm. will ask for assistance when they need it and if they want to do something without assistance like a lot of the time they bring the aids that they need to do that and if they know that they're going to need assistance they will likely take that trip with someone they are comfortable with assisting them because like it's 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 not just about it's not a it's not just about a pride thing like it is not safe to accept the help of strangers all the time especially when you're disabled especially if you're any kind of other marginalized on top of being disabled um so yeah watch kids shows learn how to be a better person and so (laughs) to wrap wrap like what i was talking about back to the topic is so that's training that we're putting mind you like i'm in a backward state so um but it's new training from new studies that's going out there to help improve early childhood education now. So in a decade or so, those people are going to be influencing media and mm-hmm. creating new things. And so I'm hoping in like 15 years, we're going to see a second wave of this renaissance for even more inclusion and better stories coming out yeah. of like these different experiences. I'm excited yeah. for what that holds. And I mean, even when I was growing up um, uh, in the schools that I went to, like depending on the level of special needs, like some of them had integrated classrooms, like depending yeah. on the severity of their disability, some of them were in some regular ed classes, like they weren't in a special ed room all day long. So not only are they getting social interaction and being able to socialize with people their own age, you know, of different ability levels, those, you know, abled children are 
able to interact with and because here's the other thing guys um special needs doesn't mean fucking stupid or inept like like everyone who has special needs does not have down syndrome and everybody who has down syndrome is not severely disabled and unable to do anything or anything like that like people have different ability levels within these different things it's it's a fucking spectrum hi you're going to get tired of hearing the word spectrum out of my mouth, but guess how many things in the world are a spectrum? Fucking most of them. Like, <laughs> and so when it comes to things like disability, just because someone is in a wheelchair, just because someone is nonverbal, doesn't mean that they aren't coherent. Doesn't mean that they aren't sentient and sapient. Like there are plenty of people with cerebral palsy and cerebral palsy only affects you physically. Like, like, well, depending on the severity of it, like there can be some neurological uh, delays with, with cerebral palsy, but a lot of them are more in the communication of a thought, not the forming of it to my understanding. Um, like my sister is a special needs teacher and she has an all autism classroom. And so like those kids go to like PE and stuff with regular ed kids, but they have their own self-contained classroom specifically because with autism they can get overwhelmed so much more easily in a regular ed environment that it's better to be able to like focus them in when they're genuinely trying to like learn academic things as opposed to you know constructive play like that's a different learning environment but they're able to get that interaction and people these kids are being able to learn that oh like people with autism are just people that function a little bit different Oh, okay. I got it. Got it. And just yeah. like how Sally is gluten intolerant, Fred over there thinks a little different. So what? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I did some um, some teacher well, like school volunteering. So I was a classroom assistant for a while in a, a fully integrated school. So they had the kids of all different um, all different degrees of of learning capabilities and, and divergences in the setting with their peers but they would go in and out for like sort of one-to-one sessions if they needed them or whatever but they were like if there was a group project they were fully integrated and you could see that those other kids understood that the kid with autism or the kid with down syndrome just needed to process things slightly differently mm-hmm. and they also were really protected of them so if somebody tried to like talk over them or whatever they were like no Stephen's answering the question and they would like stand up for him and like that's the kind of shit that you want coming out of these classrooms that's what you Mm -hmm. want from integration and it was what's fabulous is that happens naturally yeah Yeah, like that's the whole point is that you know these is that we are learning that you know hi these are people and they deserve the exact same amount of respect and kindness that you want for yourself yeah like it's 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 not fucking rocket science like treat people with some goddamn respect uh like i could go on much longer but joe has fur babies to feed and kim has a bed to embrace because kim is so so kind and loves me so much that she decided to be on late with us from the uk it is now what 12 30 p.m for you 30 oh my Damn. goodness i'm a little over time i apologize but, but i was okay not talking. Oh. 
before we go, tell everyone bye, tell them where they can find you, what they can expect from you. Let's start with Kim, since we started with Joe on the intro. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, KGT Writes. So Kimberly Grant Thompson, KGT Writes. Um, I have been a little quiet recently, but I've just started a new job and that will definitely take it out of some folks. But Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm also on Twitch as well, but I don't do very much there either. But all that is set to change. So yeah, that's very good. Exciting. <laughs> And Joe, where can we find you? Yes, so um, you can find me on Instagram. It's at Little Star Girl. Um, you'll get snippets of my daily life, uh, lots of things about my cats, a little bit about chronic illnesses, because <laughs> your girl has them. Um, and uh, other than that, um, things are in the works with Novi that will start up next year. And um, besides that, if you want to know more about my free time, that's not, that sounds creepy, whatever. Um, I, <laughs> I, I work with a charity called Solid Stance for Unity and Community. We are bringing um, the health and benefits and empowerment of martial arts to disenfranchised communities um, around my local area with hopes and dreams of expansion nationally um, through the Kung Nu Network. Um, yes. And if you would like to learn more about that, go to solidstance.org to read more. And uh, yeah, because that's a passion project for sure. Um, and yeah, that, that's it for now. Yeah. Well, I, as you know, am Lex. Uh, you can find me on Twitter under at Lex Stop Talking. Uh, you can find me here on Novi. Uh, you can find me on my bi-weekly podcast. Uh, Let's talk about it. Oh, you've already found me. You're here listening. Uh, you can also... Uh, always find me on the monthly live streams. We do them at the end of the month on the Novi Twitch channel. That is Novi. Uh, that is twitch.tv uh, backslash Novi underscore studio. Um, yeah, lots of lots of fun stuff coming in the works. Uh, currently uh, on another network, I am voicing a character for Employees Be Damn. That's over on Brain Adventures if you want to listen to that. Um, and much more exciting things to come can't wait to tell you about them can't wait to tweet about them in the meantime remember dear listener you don't owe anyone an explanation for the childish shit you watch the only thing you owe anyone is the kindness you owe yourself have a beautiful night and stay safe everyone bye bye